Darren. Hey, Pete. Don't you dare. What? I still don't get it. <laughs> you know, here's the problem. Both our Star Trek intros and our Don't You Dare intros are bad. And okay, I think our left- intro, intro is at least functional. It's just, it, it's meat and potatoes. We have zero confidence in the Don't You Dare opening. Zero. So that's, that's the intro. It's a lack of confidence, which is fine because this is a show where uh, the hosts of We Love to Watch, Aaron and Pete, uh, dare each other to experience pieces of media or art that the other one hasn't experienced. So, of course, we're coming in with a lot less confidence because we don't know if you're going to like it. We're like, hey, I don't know. It's scary. Scary to make you listen to Smash Mouth. What if you like? In that case, it's like, what if he's really into it? I don't think I could be his friend anymore. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. We've talked about Smash Mouth. We're going to talk about something else. So uh, last week, I dared Pete to watch the documentary Behind the Curve. A great example of a dare that's really based on, I just need to talk to someone about this for a long period of time. And no one I like talking more about uh, Flat Earthers. Then my old co-host, Peter. But sometimes you can dare people like that. Sometimes it can be a real fuck you. Don't think we've had a purposeful fuck you, but it's got to happen sometimes. some point we're going to be feeling, I think, a little bit, I don't know, maybe a little bit uh, silly, a little bit uh, goofy. And we're going to be naughty like... even? A little, a little naughty, a little frisky. <laughs> and we're going to be like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Read the Bible. <laughs> uh, no! Uh, but but a lot of it is also like, hey, here's something I loved. Uh, maybe I haven't experienced it since I was a child or, uh, you know, a certain amount of years. Um, and I want you to love it as well. Um, last week, like I said, I dared Peter to watch Behind the Curve. And he hit me with, hey, Aaron... You know that game that you own both digitally and on disc and you've had for five years for the PS4 that's like my favorite game series of all time? Play that! So, Peter, why don't you talk a little bit about what you dared me to play? You did just dare me to play a few levels. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, tell yeah. Me wh- think- tell, give me your whole history on why you wanted me. Well, I'll get to what I thought of it. How much I ended up playing. Maybe I turned it right off after the credits because I'm like, fuck you. No inverted <laughs> Y axis. Um, no, I, 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 I play normal. Um, yeah, thank God. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Peter, take it away. So uh, yeah, I, I challenged you to uh, play Ratchet and Clank. So this is the specifically the reboot of the, uh, of the game that... Um, it's a platformer dash shooter. The first game came out in I want to say 2002. Let yeah, me, I think that's right. Sure I get that. Because I feel like the PlayStation right. Two Three all came out in yes 2002. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, the original game came out in 2002, and then the reboot came out in 2016. Um, and the the reboot was sort of oddly enough timed with a uh, failed movie. Um, I would, I say failed in terms of like. Uh, quality not in terms of actually getting distributed the movie is out there you can watch it anywhere i think it's like a dollar on uh psn store have you did did you say have you seen the movie have you seen the movie 
Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I did. I haven't. No, I said uh, no. I've seen. I've seen the movie. It's. Uh, it's not good. It's. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure why. I haven't dug into the production history of the movie, but it doesn't have the charm and wit of the games, um, which is very strange because the games have really high quality, like funny cutscenes that are charming. Um, I, but though I do wonder if uh, I, I don't know I, if it's charming. Like it's super charming for cutscenes. Yes, yes. Is, yeah. I'm not sure if it's if it would be charming as a movie. Maybe maybe it's the same quality. It's just ex- expanded to 90 minutes without amazing gameplay cut in between uh, might destroy the quality. I know you're still doing an intro, but can I ask one more question? Is the movie the plot of the game? No, you may not ask any more questions. Okay. Well, you answered that one. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, it's 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 a reboot kind of thing, and the game I think was supposed to be somewhat timed with that, so that it would be able well, to. I think it um, was, but there's an opening line in this where they say we just saw the movie about this, like the movie was a big thing. So I was wondering if the movie's plot follows the game's plot. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 somewhat like that. I don't remember if it follows it beat for beat because I watched them with a golf in between. But yeah, they're both supposed to be sort of like a reintroduction reintroduction to the series. I like the, the idea of a reintroduction. <laughs> a, a reintroduction. It's 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 a uh, when you've forgotten what a douche is, uh, <laughs> and they're explaining again that it's a small bag affixed to. Maybe when you need to douche again, <laughs> it's a reintroduction. It's a high. Hygiene product. (laughs) (laughs) Ma'am. Might I suggest? Uh, Can I suggest, like, as a doctor, that you have a reintroduction, as we say in the the medical (laughs) business? (laughs) And then they'd be like, are you sure you're a doctor? You just called it the medical business. It's like, "I'm I'm an American doctor. Capitalism, baby. She's like, douche. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> I know it's a reintroduction. That's why we need the reintroduction. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was a game from 2002. Platformer, sort of trying to create a mascot for Sony, uh, and Sony got a few over the years. Crash Bandicoot <laughs> in the PS1 generation uh, is one of the only ones that people remember fondly. And then in PS2, Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter are two of the ones. And Sly Cooper. Remember- that's like like Cooper. It's so funny that in the PlayStation 2 era, they're like, well, we're not going to make another Crash Bandicoot game, I guess. <laughs> they just decided that was over. They're like, let's just try three mascots. I don't know. Uh, and yeah. all, all three of those. So now I've never played, obviously, the original, but I, I have played Jack and Dexter. I have played through the first Sly Cooper game. Um, so I will say this, having not played the original Ratchet and Clank. Um, the, the other two are fantastic, like for a mascot attempts. Yes. Uh, it helps if you make the game good. Um, yeah. like blinks, the time sweeper did not, uh, get off on the, the best foot forward or Gex um, introducing you Gex <laughs> or, or Bubsy. Let's talk about Gex, baby. <laughs> this gecko is a spy. Uh, the amount of like new platformer mascots they tried in the Super Nintendo era is legitimate. I don't know, Bubsy. <laughs> Get that Bubsy in here. Get Bubsy, and then Bubsy 3D, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna want to take 
Bubsy to the next dimension. The next dimension. Honestly, the only way Bubsy would be better is if uh, he was 4D, if he traveled back in time. <laughs> Made you play the first Bubsy for Super Nintendo. Uh, that old Bubsy. He uh, he is definitely a character I can remember anything about on off the top of my head right now. I could be just flooding you with references to Bubsy. Possible he's a rabbit. That was just a time of overflowing mascots. They're like, I don't know. What if the circle on a pop can is a mascot and he's cool? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was an interesting time where they wanted to both sell us expensive consoles and expensive games, but also maybe make merch money off of it. They wanted to sell us maybe thousands of dollars of plastic bullshit. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so actually this is kind of, this is, a, this is a great, this is a great lead in. Um, so this series, uh, and I don't want to speak for you, but. Don't speak for me. I ignored this series um, for the first Two entries, uh, Ratchet and Clank and uh, Going Commando, uh, until my brother-in-law, Bill, who's been on the show before, um, was like, oh, you have to play Going Commando. Going Commando is amazing. You have to play Going Commando. Uh, And I was like, no. Like, the the stupid, like, uh, Mario wannabe games, like, I don't don't play that shit. Like, that's... uh, I learned early enough on that even the Sonic games aren't always that great. Like, (laughs) I learned there's only one Mario and everybody else is kind of a pretender to the throne. Yeah. Um, What's the good good Sonic game, you think? uh, Only 2D Sonic games. And I've played a lot of 3D ones, mind you. Like, it's only probably, like, Sonic 1 or Sonic... Maybe is Sonic Spinball good? Maybe that's good because it's not actually a Sonic game. I'll tell you, the only ones that I've... In, the only one that I've enjoyed playing... I haven't played Sonic Mania, which I know a lot of people like. Uh, uh, but the only one that I've played as an adult that I've enjoyed is Sonic CD. I don't think I even know what to picture with that. Does that have it's just, map... Does that have map levels where you... Um, or like bonus levels where you're on a 3D map, but most of the game is 2D. So I know that's Sonic 2, I think. Yeah, maybe. Or Sonic 3. I mean, those games, Sonic 2 and 3 are fine. Sonic CD is just like the only one that feels like the levels are well enough designed where it's not like, well, I got to that level with water and I drowned a billion times. <laughs> Guess I'm done yes. playing Sonic. Yeah, I, I don't I don't generally like a lot of the sort of like cutesy mascot platformers. Some of that is something we've tapped into in previous episodes of the show, which is that Have um, we? I was apprehensive of kitty shit. Um, yeah. Unless it was endorsed by uh, teenagers, basically. By an, by an adulty poop. Yeah, uh, someone resembling an adult, Bill. Um, so... Uh, I jumped into the Going Commando and adored it, like played the shit out of that game. And then I was a fan for the rest of the generation. Um, but the, this is an interesting, it's also made by an interesting studio, Insomniac. Yeah. So Insomniac has largely been a uh, sort of Sony partner. Um, and I think, yep, they last year they got bought by SIE, which is Sony uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios. Um, so up until then, they were not technically under the Sony banner. Yeah, and they um, only and have one game, I think, that was an exclusive for another system. Yep. Which is Sunset Overdrive, which is a game I own and have not played yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they uh, they, they had a brief dalliance 
Um, they did went this away. Spyro games too. They found a they found a gentleman lover in Sunset Overdrive, yeah. and then they uh, they came home and it strengthened the marriage. They actually decided to renew their vows by buying uh, Insomniac. Have you ever um, played then, uh, Sunset Overdrive? You because you seem like you're actually just a big Insomniac guy. Is that true or no? I am. I am. Yeah. Uh, though I haven't played Spyro. Uh, I've played, which is also a mascot attempt. Yeah. Um, and those games, similarly to Crash Bandicoot, got a remaster on uh, PS4. So I'd be curious to play those. Um, but uh, they, I also played all the Resistance games. I wouldn't really recommend any of them except for the third one. The third one's really good. Um, oh, they did those? The Resistance games was one of Sony's two attempts to beat Halo. Because they um, did that. What's that other series? Killzone. Killzone, yeah. Yeah, and both of those games basically have like a um, uh, proof of concept uh, first game, which is not very good and is kind of unplayable. Um, and then they have a second game where you're like, oh, this is really like, this is really interesting. I mean, it doesn't have like uh, any iconographic game moments or, you know, set pieces that are going to blow my socks off. Uh, but, you know, we're getting there. And then the third game for both resistance and kill zone was like, okay, you guys finally figured your shit out. Um, and then those series both stopped dead during the, the PS3 generation. So, um, interesting. Oh, actually there's, there's a fourth kill zone, but it's not very good. Um, anyways, so the point being is that I really like insomniac shit. Uh, the new Spider-Man game is a game that we both played and adored. It's literally the only game I've ever got a platinum on. It's the only game, it's the only open world game in the past five years, I want to say, that I don't feel like was wasting my time No, constantly. Amazing. No, no I, I played all the DLC, too, and even though that was a little bit of a step down, I like, yeah, just an amazing, it's, it's a game where it made every side quest fun, like you enjoy, yeah. it's limited enough, yeah, great game. Yeah, it's one of the few open world games I feel like where time is limiting me, not actually, um, you know, the the amount of fun I can have in the yeah, world. Yeah, who the um, fuck finishes an open world, gets 100% an open world game and is like, yeah. oh, there's not more? Yeah, and in, in Spider-Man, I remember putting it down one day and being like, okay, I finished the story, I finished a lot of the open world shit, I finished all the side missions I wanted to do, I feel like I'm there, and then one day reinstalling it so I could just bop around a little bit, which is yeah. something I literally haven't done since college. Yeah. So, they make they make good fucking games, and I was like, why is Aaron not, I get why you wouldn't play Spyro or something, but like, have you played Spyro, by the way? Uh, I play, I think I rented like one of the Spyro games for PlayStation, so maybe let's get into that. So... I have a very weird video game history, um, which probably helps explain it, right? That um, I – so my parents – I love Nintendo. I love Super Nintendo. My parents didn't let us own either of those. Um, they just don't understand. They just don't understand because they said, hey, if we get this, you're just never going to stop playing it, which was only kind of true. Then they, they did get me a Game Boy, which it is true. Like, I've actually had this conversation with them recently because they eventually let video games into the house. Like, they let people buy video game systems and then have, like, kind of regretted it a little bit. But now they are like, we couldn't take it back. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you bought me a Game Boy. I got Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. And I played that so I could beat it with my eyes closed almost. And, like, a couple other games I really liked. But at some point, I got bored of those and I stopped playing. Like, at some point, kids burnt – like, 
burn themselves out on it. Now it's harder to because they can play open world games where there's no ending. They can play, you know, they can play like online <laughs> stuff. Like, it's not like a yeah. They can play uh, what's now. I'm forgetting the fucking game that everyone, every kid plays Fortnite. nowadays. Fortnite. Like, and there's now Call of Duty Warzone, which yeah. is like aping Fortnite. And there's Apex Legends, and there's Overwatch. There's like, yeah, like there's a streaming Still Call of Duty. Call of Duty. I mean, you the could, streaming tumor that you can also uh, affix yourself to. Yeah, there's no like, oh, I've played all the levels, or I am just a kid and and um don't have access to unlimited funds to buy all the games I want. Like I was, I was limited by the fact that a Game Boy game costs like thirty or forty dollars and i was in fourth grade you know um so and then even places that rented them it was like well i can only play it so much so uh but yeah so we we got to rent like a super nintendo or a nintendo before at maybe twice a year for certain things and like you know so i could i would obviously get like every time i'd get the super mario world i'd get the zelda and then i'd get like something like uh uh, what's there's like some weird disc game that I'm just remembering that I picked that one. I'm like, can't get past the first level. Great. <laughs> what a fucking waste. Um, uh, Bucky Discus. Uh, no, I, I honestly don't remember. But, um, you know, and then, of course, I would play the games at my friend's house. So I feel like actually my Nintendo and Super Nintendo, like I played through the Zeldas. I played through the Super Mario games like because I would go to friend's house and I had a friend who lived across the street from me and we would beat Super Mario World 3 like three day, three times a week. You know, I would just walk over there. We go, we rotate turns. We do warp whistles. We'd beat it three like. Uh, so I feel like my, my, my experience with those was fine. By the time PlayStation one and N64 came out about a couple years after that, I'm now like, you know, 14 or 15 and I just buy the systems. Um, and my parents are like, fine, uh, with my own hard earned money. And so like, that's a, that's a difficult thing for parents to overcome is all of a sudden having that when I started doing, um, like lawn lawn work around the neighborhood like and was picking up money that way my parents had a very difficult time <laughs> keeping me from buying whatever the fuck i wanted yeah uh and it's you know, it's hard for them to say that at that point it's like well okay i mean blah 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 but you know and sometimes there would be some power plays with well it's our tv and then like i'd go buy a 150 dollar tv and it's like not in our house our electricity <laughs> um and then uh, you start contributing to the electricity bill you put up solar panels shelter <laughs> um you know what, uh, whatever ryan my buddy ryan had a pretty good deal where his parents found out he had vice city or something yeah and he was like uh, and they were like, we just don't know if we're comfortable with you having this game. And he was like, fine, give me $60. I'll uh, give it to you right now. Just give me $60. And his parents were like. And it's not because they were, they didn't have $60 to give him. It's because they were like, <laughs> it's because they were like, I don't know if we want to like reward this. <laughs> this kind Yeah, of no, see, I, I used gonna to buy it again. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, I used to sell it to my uh, dad when he used to find like my hidden bottles of Jack Daniels, like when I was back from college, like my freshman year. And I'm like, he's, he'd be like, it's my house. If I find it, I throw it away. I'm like, well, you're just wasting money that I have to go work and earn because I'm going to buy it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, those that never worked with me. It was like, that's my house. Technically, until you're 18. <laughs> Every all the money that you're earning is mine if I wanted it. So power plays were bad with my dad when he's like, "I'll burn every bridge in our relationship." 
to make you understand that I'm in charge. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Did you ever uh, read him the the story or watch the um, VH1 behind the music or whatever on uh, uh, Macaulay Culkin? I mean, it it really is a. I know he wasn't l- a musician until the Pizza Underground, but just you know, <laughs> roll with it. No, yeah, sure. No, I I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to contradict you. I was just saying that, like, yeah, he basically did everything wrong because his parents were kind of insane, and then they also ran a group home. So like, they treated me as their like first teenage kid as like, well, we know how to parent a child, like like a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was not fun. It definitely impacted our relationship long term. So I would say, in general, bad move, parents. Uh, it's bad, bad idea. Uh, anyway, so yeah. So by the time I got those, I, I mean, I guess it probably would have been like nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. So it's before PlayStation Two era. But I have all these games that I've either been like somewhat played in friends' house. So I'm like going to Target and buying greatest hits games or like getting them used from store. So I had, I, I like started what it was been a continuing problem in my life. I had tons of games, but I'm in high school. I'm going out with friends. I'm working all the time. So there's like some games that like really did just obsess me. I got so fucking good at Tony Hawk pro skater one and two. It is. I remember being, staying up all night and going to school, you know, in high school playing Tony Hawk pro skater. Um, and like stuff like, uh, the first Metal Gear Solid game and, uh, where I was obsessed with till I got stuck somewhere halfway through the game. Like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I guess uh, I don't have a guide. No one I know is playing this done forever. Uh, and then two games I got very obsessed with were the two Dino Crisis games. Which, as I've told you, we've talked about this in another episode. I never played the Resident Evil games because they seem too puzzly. But I, I played through those like three or four times. So I have a very smattering. And then uh, with like the PlayStation era of like stuff I played obsessively, a lot of games I had and some stuff like, like who cares that I played Siphon Filter? You know, <laughs> no one talks about Siphon Filter anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then with PlayStation 2... Because that basically Siphon Filter kicked off like, all right, do you want to go to the Metal Gear Solid, like, jerk-off-y military route? Which also has, like, I, I like Metal Gear Solid. But there's also stuff like Spec Ops The Line. Um, yeah. Or, or do you want to go the main route, which is, like, Call of Duty games, which, you know, aren't... Uh, aren't particularly thoughtful examinations of how war works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like, there's, there's some like that, that just like disappeared or like inspired other thing. Like Winback was this game for N64 and eventually like PlayStation two. That was a third person cover based shooter where the Z trigger on the N64, like snapped you to cover. And then like, That's it was cool. like an arcade almost. It was great. Like I played through it a couple times i loved it there was nothing else like it and then that like no one remembers winback but uh you know i never played majora's mask but i played winback a bunch of times so um and i feel like that's kind of a lot of my playstation 2 history too i bought a playstation 2 a few months after it came out Uh, i was my it was my freshman year in college when it came out and i recently saw like Something that said, like, all of these games were coming in the holiday of 2001, and it showed, like, Metal Gear Solid 2 and Final Fantasy uh, X and Silent Hill 2, and it was, like, all these things that was designed to make you go, holy shit, like, look at all these amazing games that people had to play during that time and i had a playstation 2 and played like none of those games here's what i played i played grand theft auto up until a point that i couldn't get past missions I, this is true of all GTA the grand 3, theft autos I'm assuming, right 
Uh, GTA 3, yep, bought that. Um, that was about the time I bought the system. Uh, and then eventually bought, you know, Vice City, San Andreas. I'd get to a point where I couldn't get past a mission anymore. And I just then would, like, it'd become an open world fuck around game for me. I, don't, I never beat any of them. Um, uh, the trick with all those games is that they're more fun at about the two thirds mark if you just start using cheats. Just oh, yeah, that's what I started to, I started to do that, too. But that, So I'd get all weapons, and I would just be like, how can I can I get up on this building and fire a bazooka? And, like, I would just do that for a while, and then I'd give myself some other challenge. Uh, and then I'd play, I'd play a lot of just, like, stuff that um, I really wanted to play because I thought it was cool that has just passed out of, like um, – like, like I bought the the licensed Transformers game for the PlayStation Two, and I remember being super psyched. It's like, oh, this is this feels like super realistic, and you're pressing buttons and you're transformed. Like, um, and then like I played a ton of like high heat baseball and hot shots golf. Um, I was never a Madden person, but like, but that kind of stuff. Um, and um, and also like I just didn't, even though I liked video games. I was going to college. I was working 40 hours a week in college, like, I, you know, at, at a restaurant. To, and then I was, you know, I was definitely kind of a either go to – I had a fake ID. I'd go out with friends to bars. Like, I just didn't have – in college, I didn't really have that much time to play games because I was kind of like, you know, being a, being a college – student who works and goes to school full time and you know had various girlfriends and would go to parties and yeah so like when i had a chance to play i like would get like oh i know what else i played a ton of ssx tricky and ssx3 tony hot pro skater 3 and like that's what i was playing so i didn't play a lot of you can hop in for 20 minutes and then hop out right uh yeah so it, it actually wasn't until um like 2008 I bought an Xbox 360 and then kind of had a lot more. I was in my mid-20s and just had a lot more, like, nights to myself, like, uh, where I could come home and I'm like, oh, instead of watching a movie, maybe I'll play a video game. And I played, like, almost every major game for the Xbox 360. I never had a PS3 until about three, two, two years ago when I wanted to play Demon's Souls <laughs> really bad. Um uh, so every like major game I probably played, uh, and that's when I kind of really got into like, oh, here's how I can beat games and stuff like that, and that weren't just Mario or old Super Nintendo games. Um, and that yeah, if you get stuck for a second, there's a YouTube video. Like if you can't figure out what, where you're supposed to go next, you don't have to quit forever. <laughs> like just get past that one little and, part. And, and mind you, during this time, there was GameFacts.com. Uh, so what? Which one? Like when I was in during in like PS2 era? Because yeah. I, print, I printed off like a eighty-page um, Resident Evil. Uh, was it Resident Evil Two? Yeah, Resident Evil Two walkthrough when I was in uh, I was in junior high to play on my PS2. Obviously, it's a PS1 game, but whatever. Um, and my dad being like, "Why are you printing off? Why are you using all my ink for this shit?" Yeah. So I guess my thing was is that I was never like those Grand Theft Auto games. It's not like I was like I need to beat this or whatever else I was playing. And pre YouTube, it was a pain in the ass to find like where am I at? What do I actually need to do? And then also sometimes when I would even look that up, like 
I didn't do like in those old esoteric games, like, oh, I didn't do something three levels ago and I need to do that thing. And then also, like, I can't really quite understand what it's trying to write me to move because there's no pictures and no video. So rightly or wrongly, I remember like in high school or college sometimes being like, I'm, I'm sure sometimes it helped. And other times I was like, I just remember being like, I whatever, I, I don't I don't have the energy to put this much time into it. So. Uh, but that YouTube stuff was super helpful. Like, oh, I see. I just do that thing. That's that's how you do it. So uh, then I got you know better at video games. I actually played through a ton of them. And then I went back to like, you know, oh, there's a ton of PlayStation 2 games that now that I'm reading. Like, I kind of waited till my mid-20s to really start reading like a Game Informer or a Polygon or a Kotaku and being like, oh, top 25 PlayStation 2 games of all time. I still have my PlayStation 2. I should go order some of these on Amazon. And that's when I played like, uh, you know, Devil May Cry for the first time. And I played to kind of segue. Oh, I just really quick. I remember the other thing I was obsessed with in college on ps2 that i played a ton of the to the first two max Payne games <laughs> anyway uh, i fucking love max yeah. Payne. i mean i played them on xbox and pc for one and two respectively but i love the max Payne games yeah so uh so but there was time you know so there was games like that that were probably on those lists that i had played or beat um i remember those are two games that i like really made sure i beat because uh, I really liked the story at the time and like i liked everything about the atmosphere um but two of the games I went back and played for the first time, probably like 2009, 2010, was the first Jack and Dexter game and the first Sly Cooper game. Uh, and I love them both. And Ratchet and Clank, I think, is probably still on my Amazon wish list that I like, oh, at some point I'm going to go and get. I think Going Commando was what was recommended to me. And then eventually my PlayStation 2 broke. And I was like, well, I'm not going to buy a new one. I, you know, I have all these other games I need to play. And there wasn't like that much more I was super excited to play on the PS2. Sorry, Ratchet and Clank. So, yeah, I just never got to it. And then since then, I feel like I'm always like I own 20 games I haven't played behind. So Ratchet and Clank was one of them. It came out in 2016. I'm like, man, a PlayStation 4 plat- shooter platformer? Like... They, they don't make those because much like Crash and Spyro before it, there basically hadn't been a Ratchet um, – there hadn't been a Ratchet uh, game since the PS3 and there hadn't been a Sly Cooper game since the PS3 and there hadn't been a Jack and Dexter game since the PS2 and I didn't have a PS3. So um, I was just kind of super excited about it and I bought it. Uh, when it came out, like I pre-ordered it, I think from Amazon when they used to have that great pre-order deal for discs and then I never played it. So, uh, it, it was something I was excited about because I do feel like the, the genre that has like kind of gone out of vogue and hasn't really quite gone in back into vogue is the action 3d platformer, uh, post the PS2 era. Right. Like it just isn't as popular where like the PS2, all of their attempts at big hits or big uh, series, especially uh, was those like 3D platformers. Um, and then obviously it was platformers in general were a huge part of like the PlayStation and, and Sega and everything else before it. So, I, yeah, I was excited to play this. It was not. I mean, the second you so you dared me to play a couple levels, Peter. And the second you dared me, I said, well, I'm just going to play the whole game. Yeah, yeah, but I mean it is a uh it is a platformer. So like 
if I dared you to play the whole game and then you ended up stuck on some uh, some random, like, I don't know, lava level, <laughs> six levels in, uh, yeah, it would have been a little anticlimactic. So you electing to go the distance is yeah. much better. Yeah, well, I actually disagree. So I know it's a platformer. Um, there is one thing I had to look up where I didn't realize it wanted me to, um, this is getting really like, uh, specific, but like maybe the two times I looked up something where I'm like, all right, I'm sick of looking around where where I'm supposed to go next was because the thing that you're supposed to hit circle to grapple to was like hidden in the, in the image, you know? And I'm like, oh, I see. (laughs) That's how I get to that platform. I hit circle that I've done a hundred times, but I, I'm missing it. Um... Yeah, so I don't feel like most of the platforming was that difficult. I think some of the uh, boss encounters were got a little tricky. Um, but overall, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a short game. It's 10 hours. And uh, it does make me want to, like, start up my PS Now subscription. And maybe, you know, when I get through of some things I'm currently playing or excited about um, – to go go try like some of the PS3 era ones that you've recommended. Yeah, so let me explain the series. So there's there's the original PS2 series. So this is a reboot or reimagining of one. I kind of see no reason for you to play the original. And here's why. The way that everyone thinks about Ratchet and Clank, um, barring a few spin-offs or sidequels, um, is that uh, Ratchet and Clank is you playing as Ratchet, this uh, Lombax, who's this like uh, feline sort of humanoid species, wisecracking, you know, very, very mascotty. And he's got a robot buddy, and the robot buddy, sort of like uh, a banjo kazooie, um, helps him uh, perform certain activities. And this, the, the robot buddy is like, uh, helps him hover, or, um, you know, sometimes there's side missions where. Um, uh, Clank will have like missions. Or it's has, like, it's more puzzles than it's more puzzle, and you have like one health bar basically. Like don't get don't get injured, um, just avoid enemies, or you know take it take it easy. Um, so that that's uh, that's the the original game um, is has all that. It has the DNA of an amazing game, but. It also has the PS2 issue where, for some random reason, uh, it decides to be arbitrarily insane, like in difficulty towards the end, where like uh, all of your early weapons. So as you go through the game, each weapon progresses on its own sort of like RPG like skill chart. You don't upgrade your weapons upgrade. And then they start firing more bullets or the rockets become heat seeking or um, the the uh, the grenades uh, turn into disco balls or whatever. They have all these crazy, goofy weapons. You have access to them for the whole game. And one of the problems with the original games uh, and mostly the first game, I want to say, um, is that by the end of the game, 80 percent of your weapons are useless. <laughs> you have to just light up enemies with them and it's not it's not fun anymore because it it reduces the diversity and one of the key things that makes this game fun that makes doom 2016 fun um 
and uh, it makes Wolfenstein fun, makes these sort of throwback shooters fun. Yeah. Being like, being like, oh, I see that kind of enemy. I need this, you know, one of these three types of weapons. I see this kind of situation. There's a bunch of them bunched together. I need a shotgun or I need this. And yeah, uh, hold on. Can we just pause there for one sec? Because I oh, really, yeah, yeah. it's so funny that I ended up playing this. Uh, I didn't know that's what it was going to be like. Uh, and I would actually say that this is more of an action puzzler as opposed to an action platformer and that like it has very distinct puzzle sections that sometimes, yeah, it took me like a few seconds to figure it out with Clank. And then there's not that much like besides maybe when he's doing the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, line rail things that he's doing grinding rails yeah like yeah. that's the only like i think challenging platformer part because it otherwise it really is just a hey it is a it is a doom or a wolfenstein with um uh, in third person with uh cute cuddly characters because it was so funny uh this is 100 true i i was playing doom 2016 finally getting back to it because i wanted to play the sequel which is another game where it's like hey you're gonna have limited ammo you're gonna have to use everything like especially as you get to like the last third of the game so rotate your stuff and then i played this which was like oh it's like the same thing and then i played uh wolfenstein 2 the new colossus which is the same thing mm-hmm. and now i'm playing uh doom eternal which is the exact same thing so I purposely put Ratchet and Clank Peter to break up from knowing that I had a couple like Doom Wolfenstein games that I was like, I got to get to these. Um, And it was so funny how it ended up being uh, very similar in mechanics uh, when it came to the shooting aspects, uh, if not similar in like tone. Yeah, and and, and um, we'll talk about the tone in just one second because that's that's also one of the things I love about this game and the series in general. Um, but the other key, apart from the weapons sort of uh, inflation, damage inflation problem that the first game and sort of the PS2 game era has, is um, the problem is that the first game is not a strafe shooter. It's a... 3D shooter with an over-the-shoulder sort of aiming button. So the pace of combat is super slow, but enemies are coming at you really fast. You get really frustrated at the shitty PS2 camera that refuses to go where it's supposed to go. And you're supposed to, I'm not even sure, it's like a lot of fights end up playing out like tank controls. Like, Aaron, did you get a chance to watch any of the footage from the original game? No. No. So that's one of the Did reasons. Did you they tell re- me to? Uh, yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter. The okay, the great. I'm explaining it right now because it's and it's very fucking frustrating because like uh, you're in this charming world with charming characters and all these amazing weapons and the game uh, disempowers you via control, which is the. The the worst thing I think a game can do. Games should disempower you through challenging gameplay concepts, um, or uh, you know, uh, disempower you through thematic choices. But instead, this game, uh, the first game, disempowers you accidentally by having combat that just doesn't work. And then they very wisely in going commando realized, oh, this should be a strafe shooter. The camera is always kind of tucked right behind your head. 
And as you turn, the camera turns with you. And when you move left, the camera kind of strafes with you left, right. So yeah, so so the the, the reason I would never recommend you originally you play the original game so much uh, is because of uh, those key issues with combat that make the combat so much less satisfying. But I would recommend pretty much all the other games. Um, I can get, let's talk about how charming the series is and then I'll talk about uh, the other games in the series after that. So like we talked about Ratchet. The Lombax, he's a mechanic, he's a, a this sort of humanoid, wisecracking, um, very, very rec- recognizable as a mascot. Um, the key difference is that uh, he is, he's, while he's a little funny, the universe is populated with people with actual good jokes. And Clank is one of them, like Clank, it ha- Clank has really good, just like yeah. off the cuff one-liners. Um, and they're also, and this is the game that's sort of establishing their rough troop of, uh, of players. So like Commander Quark is also in their rough troop of, of uh, players, um, who's this sort of showboating fake superhero guy who like talks more, he, he's more, more talk than action. Um, and uh, this game is sort of trying to, to introduce us all to these characters all over again, but sort of with the knowledge of what the later games would do. How is he not voiced by Putty? <laughs> I know, right? It's it's that type, right? The um, the the showboating, like almost Johnny Bravo type, um, where uh, the 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 macho braggadocio does not match his actual actions. He's he's more he's far more of a bullshitter, and the the cameras eat it up. While Ratchet and Clank, who are the real heroes, very often get like uh, you know, uh, while they're known as heroes, they they get sort of side lined or like they're known as commander cork sidekicks um, yeah in the later games which is just kind of a funny it's a funny way to make us like those characters and also avoid the smarm problem that some sonic games have where like um sonic is just a smug little he's just a smug little asshole he's a little like, shit and there's no one to balance him out he's just a smug little asshole who hates dr robotnik like that's kind of sonic's entire character yeah uh so so can I ask you, and so Captain Cork betrays Ratchet and Clank, spoilers for Ratchet and Clank, uh, in, uh, in, in this movie, and then becomes like, realizes the error of his ways, and they kind of include him. So A, does that happen in the original? Mm, yeah, I think so. I think in the original, he's supposed to be a villain, and then they and then they make him buddies pretty quickly in Going Commando, which was fun for me because I played, I played Going Commando first, yeah. and Cork uh, is just a one of your buddies in that. I mean, he's a showboater and everything, but you know, he's, he's not betraying you. He's just a part of kind of the larger crew. Um, and uh, when I went back and played the original Ratchet and Clank before the reboot came out, um, I was like, wait, why are they, why are they hinting that Quark's going to do something bad here? Like yeah. Quark is, Quark's a good guy. <laughs> so like they kind of dispense with the idea of Quark being an, a, a, a uh, uh, an evil villain uh, after this game. Got it. So I that makes a lot of sense because I knew Cork enough from like previews or like things I used to watch on G4 when they would preview a um, a Ratchet and Clank game or something like that. Like, and he seemed like, oh, this is going to be voiced by a David Putty type, and that's who he is. He's the tick. Like, you know. He's the kind of idiot strong man who gets all the accolades because he fits a suit. 
a certain superhero type. Uh, and so I was legitimately surprised in this game when he became a bad guy because the whole beginning of the game is setting him up to be that like I just like all the awards. Uh, I don't like this ratchet guy because he's getting too much attention. And so as dumb as it may sound to be like, I was legitimately surprised in a plot twist in Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> um, I was. And I wasn't sure. I was so surprised by it. And I feel like I, I hadn't heard about it that I legitimately wondered if it was the dogs not coming through the window right away in Resident Evil remake. Like, is this a subversion of... For the sake of surprising uh, long-term fans of the series, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that's a. Uh, it's it, he's from in the original game. Yeah, Captain Quark is uh, is a is a bad guy. So not a um, subversion. And then they eventually and and they they change some of the um, they remix some of the story. So like he's part of the framing device of the reboot. Um, yeah. To sort of like I think ease people in who were already like wait a minute what. Why is Quark a villain in this game? I think it was sort of to ease people into this idea that this is like a redemption story because that's the way he's telling the story as opposed to him just being a selfish asshole. Yeah, got it. Um, but yeah, so it's it's so th- let's talk about the series really quickly. Um, I yeah. would there's uh, Going Commando and Up Your Arsenal are sort of the main sequels on PS2, both excellent games. Um, then they made a game called Ratchet Deadlocked, which is sort of an arena shooter. And Deadlocked is very funny to me, at least, uh, because they took out a lot of like what people like about those games uh, and just made it like a arena shooter that's like. It's largely humorless from what I remember. Um, it's super, it's fairly serious. Like even if you look at the cover art, like <laughs> Ratchet looks all weirdly buff and angry. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, then they on PS3, they launched uh, two main games and two spin-off, two, two like short, D- almost like DLC chapters. Um, the two main games are Tools of Destruction and Kraken Time. Both of those I would recommend is, is if you're going to keep following this, just jump right into Tools of Destruction and uh, Kraken Time. Kraken Time is uh, uh, a uh, has some of the most fun uh, time puzzles I've ever played in a game. It's like full of clank time puzzles, um, while also the, the gameplay got a lot better. Quest for Booty and Into the Nexus are both very good, but they're, um, they're just sort of short stories um they're they're not um they're not necessarily like uh you know uh full mainline chapters they're not necessarily like uh essential but i would recommend jumping into the future saga if you on the wikipedia page so there's two main games then two kind of spin-offs and i I think they'd all be on ps now at this point yeah i think they are because actually i did play i did start a crack in time i think i started one of them on there uh, funnily enough, I remember I started the Sly Cooper game that's that was on PS3. Um, I was kind of dipping into PS Now games when I first got them because you you if you get PS Now you're like oh shit there's tons of stuff on here especially me not having a PS3 uh, and I, so I think I added like fifty I, I maxed out my queue of fifty games and then I you know dipped into a couple and I think the only game. <laughs> ever like completed on there was uh shadow of the colossus and then like ended up stopping my subscription because i'm like well the problem is i keep playing ps4 games <laughs> so yeah. um, at, at a certain point like 
at a certain point, like you can only balance your backlog so much yeah. before it uh it crumbles. It's um, these kids, Peter. Fun, right? I gotta do something about these kids. <laughs> that's my doc. That's my fun. Doc Brown, but like the reverse. You're like if if uh if Marty had taken the car smart. and found a Doc Brown that didn't just not believe him but was actively a like an asshole. Like it's your kids, Marty, corrupted him. Yeah, where it's like. I got to do something about my kids. Doc, I got to do something about my kids because they get in trouble. No, you don't have enough time to play video games. (laughs) I'm going to stop it at the moment of conception. (laughs) I I do think it's important if you have a time device to stop people from having children. (laughs) What I'm going to do is I'm going to write as you're about to come in Lorraine. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna jerk your shoulders back. The t- the twenty fifteen version of you. Um and then you're gonna have time to get three hundred thousand gamer points. <laughs> uh Doc, this does not feel like as big of a thing as the last thing that we- No, it's good. You're gonna you're gonna uh, you gotta team up with me in Halo. You heard about Halo? You're not gonna have time for playing Halo with me. We need to beat the legendary maps. You think I can take on the Maw alone on legendary? <laughs> Marty, no one's playing Anthem but me. <laughs> I need I need you to play all my favorites. Anthem, uh the one where you're five people that hunt a monster. That they shut the servers down on because it wasn't very popular. Evolve, maybe. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, uh, yeah, Doc. That's that's it. That's it's evolve. Yeah. <laughs> Great, Marty. Uh, I've clearly watched too much uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> my uh, Christopher Lloyd impression is just a bad Morty or Rick. I guess his name's Rick. Impression. Yeah, let's uh, let's list all failed uh, attempts at uh, creating a uh, what are they called again? Multi-tier multiplayer system, like a MMO shooter. Is that what multi-tier marketing? That's what MMO stands for. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's MMO stands for multi-tier marketing. I thought the it was P like multi- stands, the, the P in MMO stands for pyramid. Okay, um, great. Um, but yeah, so so I'm glad you enjoyed. I'm glad you enjoyed playing this game. Like, what what were your kind of reactions to the combat and the characters? Like, were you charmed by were you charmed by its sort of approach to world building? And it's like its animation style is like weirdly Pixar-y. Like, it's yeah. very there's almost like a design bible. Like, stuff always kind of flows together nicely. Yeah, I. Uh... I did almost every optional mission besides the getting a gold on the second series of races. Um, I love that you're playing the races because the races are truly what like makes it feel like a throwback for me where you're just like, yeah, there's a racing mission. If you want to like compete for points and bolts and shit like, yeah, just yeah, you only you only have to get bronze. Um, but like, if you try really hard, you can get silver and then gold and more bolts. So I got. I got gold on the first set of races. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, when when I knew I had to play races to get past a mission. Now, I love racing games. But I had a flashback to an earlier generation where, like, all of a sudden a racing mission could mean the end of your progress. Because the racing was so poorly designed. And you needed to, like, get a certain place in order to progress. 
Uh, something like that happens in Jack and Dexter, where I feel like I did it like thirty times. Uh, and this 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 game does what a lot of uh, PS2 era 3D platformers uh, that I again most of them I went back and played did that I loved, and a lot of like subsequent games. Like, did you ever play Shadow of the Damned? Shadow of the Damned. No, but I know what you're talking about. Like, you go through hell and shoot stuff. Well, so, uh, it's by, uh, was it, is it, it's not Sweary. No, Goichi Suda, Suda51. Suda51, that's what it is. Um, yeah. So, that game is, uh, not great, but one, one of the reasons I really liked it is that it basically was like, oh, it's just going to be a third-person Resident Evil shooter. You go to hell. Uh-oh, it's a 2D platformer. Uh-oh. It's like, it's a weird, like, air combat game. And then it did most of those missions pretty good. Like, it was changing up the combat a lot. And I feel like that's something a lot of uh, games from that era tried to do. Like, El Shaddai. I don't know if you ever played that game. Oh, no, I haven't heard of that one. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, an, another one of those, like, go th- – the Xbox 360 uh, generation had a lot of, like, yeah, you're an angel fighting through. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They made a fucking adaptation of uh, – was it Paradise Lost? Um, oh, Dante's Inferno. I played Dante's that, Dante's yeah. Inferno. Because yeah. I couldn't play the new God of War. Um, those were other games that I played, but that was later. Uh, and so, I was like, well, yeah, I, I beat Dante's Inferno twice. Two different difficulties levels. It's not very good, but it, it does have that kind of combat if you're just in the mood for... I'm going to hit smash, and then I'm going to also hit smash, and then I'm going to hit throw, and then I'm going to win. Well, there's, um, there's little smash, and then they go... Ugh. Yeah, you want little and smash or big smash. smash where they go... Ugh, and then there's throw, and they go... Whoa! That's like exactly the type of games of the Dark Souls era. Like, you can't just hit smash. You have yeah. to hit smash and then light smash and then run away. Uh, and anyway. Then all of, and then all of uh, North America went, why not smash? <laughs> why not smash? Uh, so, so yeah. I uh, But I liked those games because they were like these games that you expected to be like either a, a third-person shooter or, or a third-person like uh, Devil May Cry type game. And then had all these very clever level conceits that – didn't match the gameplay that you was like the primary gameplay of the of it, and it felt like a throwback to these types of things. Like Jack and Sly Cooper is always, you know, always stealthy. But Jack and Dexter, one of the reasons I really liked going back to it is it did feel like, oh, now you have this type of level, and now you have this type of level, and now you have this type of level, and that's something even Mario didn't really do, where it literally changes the gameplay. And why that's hard is because if you have a shitty version of it. It makes it so that it's, like, the level everyone hates. Like, Dead Space, the first game, is one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> and you know exactly know what exactly I'm fucking what talking, talking about. about. Fucking the fucking, you want to say it at the same time? One, yeah. two, three. The asteroid Asteroids. Level. Yeah. And I had to quit the first time because I couldn't. And then, like, I, I started back up, like, six months later because I'm like, God, I fucking love this. And I cannot get past this and i read a strategy like here's how you do it and then i think i got to one percent damage like it still was like knowing how to do it turning down the difficulty to easy didn't fucking matter and it's like you almost ruined one of my favorite games i never got to i almost never got to see the back half of it because i tried it 30 times it also doesn't it also doesn't capture what that sequence is supposed to do which is the sequence is supposed to be um 
<laughs> Let's break up our normal combat with a sort of like fun blast em up t- style game, but it also keeps you connected to the fact that like we're on a ship. And yeah. it's supposed to help like refresh you because um you know, I don't mind repetitive games, but the Dead Space game, I played all three of them in a row. Uh, uh, all three Dead Space games are essentially um, uh, like you you take off limbs and then you shoot the main body. You take off limbs and you shoot the main body. And, and it's fun when games can find a way to mix in new stuff like in Ratchet and Clank, the racing missions. But like you have to you have to be good at it. You have to execute yeah. that mix-in well. Otherwise, you're just going to become one of the most legendarily bad levels. Yeah. Uh, there's also in uh, – we were talking about Vice City earlier. There's a drop the bombs with the helicopter mission. Oh, yeah. Drone helicopter. And I've never – I think that's in San Andreas, right? Uh, San Andreas, I think, has a bad flight mission that I never oh, maybe. beat. And I was yeah. just like, well, I guess I'm done with San Andreas. Um, yeah. With with Vice City, it was a helicopter in a construction site, and you have to drop all these bombs. And it is, though, I mean, I beat it. I beat all of Vice City, but, like, that's one of those things where I was like, I, I, I restarted a PS Now play of uh, Vice City at one point, yeah. and I was like, yeah, oh, I forgot about this mission. Yeah, I'm done. We're good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, and there's there's there were so many things like that that like doesn't matter if you have cheat codes, doesn't matter if you can bump the difficulty down, doesn't matter if you're watching a walkthrough, you still have to do the terribly designed thing or else you're just done with the game. And that was always why I think those fell out of vogue is because I feel like they led to more notorious levels. I mean, think about it, even like Battletoads, right? Like no one t- no one's like uh Battletoads is constantly cons- I've, I remember playing Battletoads as a kid um, and it's like oh it's a cool action puncher with these like mutant creatures and it's it's fun it's good and then the one that, the thing that everyone talks about is the speeder bike level that no one can get past right because it's like oh you changed up the gameplay you made it too difficult because it wasn't the gameplay that you were focused on maybe or whatever else and now you ruined anyone ever seeing the end of that game <laughs> like without cheats or YouTube or something like that so there it's 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 somewhat scary to do and i will say ratchet and clank doesn't not just in the racing stuff they have a few um well they have the puzzle parts with like you get one hit and there's going to be these chase scenes with clank it has um uh and, and a couple really difficult puzzles like if you're like i don't have access to a guide even though i got through them like there was one i can think of where i was like what the fuck do here um and, and, and i do think that there's a weird guilt when you can't do it quickly where you're like this is yeah. a children's game yeah <laughs> um and then uh and then yeah there's the uh the space the dogfight missions oh i love the dog fighting but the first it. time it the first time it turned to that and it also didn't auto invert the stick uh, the y-axis like I'm not one of those people that once I get into a plane I'm like now I'll move it differently <laughs> so, I, so <laughs> now up is down yeah yeah <laughs> I didn't play enough flight simulator for that to work so it's I kind of like not using a flight stick if I if they game I know fucking if it was my one PS4, stick yeah my, my ps4 uh popped out a flight stick in the middle of uh of the console like sure like I could yeah. adjust there but it's the same controller I've been using the whole time <laughs> exactly so it was uh so there there was three of them i liked them all quite a bit and i but i did kind of muddle with them with controls a little bit like maybe i'll just try to go right and left as much as possible and not change my altitude um but uh the reason i'm mentioning all that is that like 
why I loved Jack and Dexter when I played it, uh, why I like a lot of those kind of like games is because it's it's a game that can really change up its style. And each time Ratchet and Clank did that, I will admit, Peter, I was like, oh, no, I was worried because I've I've even though there's great examples that are so fun and that like it's, I'm the only one that remembers fucking El Shaddai. When it's not, it's like, fuck, I don't want to have to spend, you know, two hours of my limited time to play video games learning how to beat these motherfuckers at races. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to have to, to to learn that skill for one part of the game. And that's what's challenging with doing it because video games are all about we're going to start here with difficulty and we're going to slowly introduce you to all the different mechanics. And by the time it gets harder and harder, theoretically, you've gotten better and better at the game. So if you have like a, um, a mission that's just one thing and then it's over, like now all of a sudden it's a 2D platformer that gets like you better already sort of be good at 2D platformers because you haven't had the time to escalate that level of skill with this controls in this environment and stuff like that. That's why it's tricky to pull off. That's why I cringe when Ratchet and Clank was doing it every single time it was a success. Like the racing was fun. The uh, the the flying was fun. The stealth stuff with Clank was fun. I was always having fun. And the two times I didn't have fun, which was at the Mr. Zircon boss fight, Mrs. Zircon f- boss fight, and the final boss fight was not because I they're not well-designed, challenging boss fights. It's because I just kept getting so close and didn't have the time to keep going back. So it wasn't like, fuck you, game, this is too hard. It was like, yeah, I got to go to bed. And I, I don't feel like this game is based on like, oh, did you beat Mrs. Zircon? <laughs> What what difficulty level? <laughs> like no one cares. Yeah, um, but exactly. but it's fun enough that like after I I'm like Mrs. Zircon is like two thirds through the game. Once I finally did once I beat uh, I changed it from normal whatever to easy um, after like five attempts. But what, then I turned it back to normal because I'm like this is actually a really well balanced normal difficulty that I'm having fun with, but not feeling like I'm I'm playing a child's game. Like I do I'm dying. I'm I'm having to reassess my approach, reassess what mm-hmm. weapons I'm using. Uh, tons of fun. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that because <clears throat> um, when the reboot came out, <clears throat> excuse me, when the reboot came out, I was really worried that it was going to scuttle the series, basically, um, because they hadn't put out a proper entry on PS4 yet. Um, and I was, and it had been three years since the last game, which is a, which is, for the Ratchet and Clank games through PS2, that's a, that's a long time. Usually the yeah. games are, were like a year, a year and a half, two years apart. Um, uh, it, that it was like three years. I was like, maybe the series is dead. Maybe Insomniac is sick of this shit. Maybe they just don't have the resources for it. Maybe like the idea of these mascots is dead. When it came back and they were like, okay, everything that you remember about the old games, plus everything you remember about the last series the ps3 series is back and like the ps3 series actually has some really fun like ex- almost like exploring a little galaxy with um the uh the ships and i was like it, it was like they uh they, they expand on the expanded concepts they they the the riffs uh, get riffier and it's fun to play that game because it's basically showing you everything the series would ever do plus a couple things the series doesn't normally do the clank running at the camera and dodging that guy 
yeah. um, the escape mission. That's something that they were just like, well, this is sort of a throwbacky thing. Let's do that. I don't, th- maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember ever playing that in any Ratchet and Clank games. That was always more of like a Crash Bandicoot thing. Um, yeah. Uh, and that part is like, uh, like I probably died once or twice on those three little like segments, but they, they never, they felt exactly what a Ratchet and Clank game should do. They, you're getting hit a couple times. You feel tense in the moment. And then most of the time you get out of it because it's a long sequence and repeating it all would be annoying as fuck. Like, like, but you have to, for those types of sequences to be successful, you have to make it where you're getting through them. Like, you know, the, like, there's enough hits in here where the audience is maybe will die at the beginning when they don't know all the moves. And then it's just a series of, oh shit, okay, right when this happens, I have to do this, but it's not like, it's not changing it up. Especially those last couple sequences, because they're long, you're pointing the camera towards it. And I think I died once on one of the last three sequences. If I had died ten times each time there was a sequence, I would have been fucking annoyed as shit with the game. Yeah, yeah. Or if it was so easy, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to press forward. That I felt no tension, I would have been annoyed at shit. Like, you're just wasting my time. And it it has that perfect balance of of even those, like, odd segments of I feel challenged by this, but I'm able to overcome it with minimal uh, restarts. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And I think that for these games to maintain their sense of charm... Um, and their sense of adventure and fun. Uh, you can't be a screaming at your character because the controls don't fucking work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, B, the game can't be so unforgiving that you're just like sitting there like, yeah, if I were Crash Bandicoot, you know what I would do? I'd go manufacture a fucking gun and I would shoot that polar bear in the face. Like you can't, yeah. your, your brain isn't supposed to go to these like dark, angry places when you're playing a platformer. And I, and I think that the one thing I like about Ratchet and Clank is that it's old school in the sense that in its sensibilities, its sense of fun, its sense of adventure, um, it, it sense that like we can go anywhere and do anything, but it's not old school in the sense where it's like, I don't know if people remember, but like, a lot of old school games were just shitty quarter sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and and they're only playable with Contra Code style shit. Like, oh, I mean, I, I, I remember, Peter. Yeah. Like people, it, it, I have a little bit of uh, of distance from the arcade days because like I mostly have played arcade stuff when I was I already had a home console. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I, I was I was five years old when Super Mario Brothers was released <laughs> in the United States, so uh, I have a little different. Let me and let me tell you how nefarious, like how shitty it is. And if you don't believe me, go buy the Super Mario. There's a Super Mario Brothers arcade classic that you can buy in Nintendo Switch for three dollars. So they had a Super Mario Brothers arcade version, Peter, the, and it looks just like the same game at the beginning. Um all the little screen that plays it on a loop you're like holy shit normally i put a quarter in my game's done in 45 seconds i'm three lives i'm gonna be able to get to world eight on this motherfucker um except that the arcade version was like uh all of a sudden changed a bunch of levels to be like lost levels hard so like the art the, the game super mario brothers which first level is still the exact same and then by the set, it's all that's why they released it as a separate game because it was just decided to yeah we're gonna punish you with this <laughs> like that's the level of gamemanship that they used to have. 
Yeah, it's it's um I don't think people the sort of like retro fetishization has caught up with the fact that a lot of old games were just uh an excuse to steal from us. And um, or poorly and that, and that difficulty was not for um not difficulty was not necessarily because that was the the creators um ultimate goal for the best experience. It was yeah. maybe the creators intent to gather as many quarters from you as possible. Dash uh, the creators were incompetent at designing certain sequences and uh, pretending like using a game genie uh, in 2020 to get through a weird part in Ninja Gaiden where like the fucking floors fall out from underneath you um, isn't uh, there's no shame there for me like that that this this sort of like uh, there's no shame there but there is like the conversation that the the old school retro fetishists want you to have that well, I, i'm just not really interested in well it's also wrong too because people when they say stuff like super meat boy and dark souls is like oh that's like cool old school nintendo hard before games got weak and it's like oh yeah all right now imagine dark souls you die three times and you start over at the beginning that's Nintendo Dark Souls hard because there's yeah. no way to I'm save asking, a game. I'm just asking for games to respect yeah. my time. Yeah, That's exactly. Like the concept of lives is something that I'm so glad. I, I would have I would have not bought a PS4 if we were still regularly like, hey, you died seven times against this boss. So um, now Nathan Drake is a baby again. <laughs> I guess start over. I do. Uh, I think that's the big difference between like because I really don't have patience for difficulty. I. I have played so many hard games and beaten so many hard games. The Dark Souls games, Bloodborne, yeah. like um, even, you know, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, which is at, uh, or the, no, Blind Forest is I, I have to play the other one. I, at the end of it, it's like you died 900 times and it never felt bad because it basically you died. It put you, like there was no low time. You're right back there. And that's kind of the point of the game. Even Super Meat Boy, which I never finished. I got close. It was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I'm restarting. I'm doing this little small segment. Like, if I play... So, I can die hundreds of times in a, in a well-designed game that is, like, there to challenge me. But, like, yeah, if I die, like, you know, five times in Wolfenstein, I'm like, fuck this. I'm here for the story. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I just... I, I I don't think games uh, should be a form for people to uh, gather self-worth from. So... I think that's true of uh, any just enjoying um, a piece of media. And that's what I love about Ratchet and Clank because like Ratchet and Clank is like we're going to give you just enough friction where you have to do it right, but not too much friction where you're going to lose sight of what's most important, which is we're trying to take you on a fun adventure. And fun adventures should give you that little race of the heart where you barely made it through a challenge, but you did make it through. And then when it's time for another challenge to pop up, you don't let out a long sigh like, like yeah, I guess there's more game here. Yeah. And also, Ratchet and Clank does a really good thing where – because the boss encounters actually are relatively difficult – yeah, the last boss. The last boss took me a while. I just googled Mr. Mrs. Zircon because it's been a little bit. Um, yeah, I remember that one being a boss where I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go figure this. I'm gonna go figure out my weapons a little bit, and then I'm gonna yeah come get you." And that's actually, but they're even those bosses because I played them on normal difficulty a few times. And I'm like, I was getting them down. Like Mrs. Zircon was one of those. Like, oh. 
it killed me right before the missile connected for the last 1%. Fuck this. I'm just going to beat it and move on. Um, but they still are well designed. And it's okay that uh, – it's obviously it's okay that I died a few times too. Because each time I was figuring out the boss fight a little more. Like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. I should be doing this in that part. And also, oh, there's a health refill. Okay, so I can be aware of that one. That I can go get at some point when I need it. Oh, and there's another, like, I'm exploring these giant spaces that they have for both of these boss fights. Um, or both of the ones, the, the ones I'm using as an example. And, like, figuring it out. Where, like, other boss fights were also very challenging. And I was doing the same thing. But there's nothing worse than even a challenging boss fight where it's like, okay, well, I keep dying in the first 20% of this person's health. I'm not quite sure how I'm supposed to get there. Um, where this really was, like, as I was exploring it, because so much of it is like, where where's your ammo? Where's your health pickups? Like, what what phase is it doing? Uh, that it was, it was teaching me how to beat the boss as I just beat it. And there's nothing better than when, when you kind of get it and then you're like, well, yeah, I'm fucked this turn because I've wasted all my bullets and I'm at no health. But next time around, I'm going to ace it. And that's even at the you know quasi-challenging uh, bosses that they give you in this one, um, it does a really good job of like teaching you how to beat it as you die a few times. Your deaths are fair. The, the, the yeah. systems are tight. Insomniac is are good designers. Like, there's very few moments in the game where I was like, all right, that's a bit, it's a bit much. Um, what's also funny is I replayed the last boss because this is one of those games where if you do like continue on the story, it starts you right before the final boss encounter. Uh, oh, I replayed yeah. the last boss and I was, I, I was like, oh yeah, like by the end of the, they, they ramp you up and like it, it, by the time you get to that last third, like, you know, all your weapons in and out they're they're like an extension of you you know how the jet pack works and how much fuel you can go and i was like watching all these meters and how much ammo i had left and like i forgot that like how yeah. the, the game has such a natural flow and such amazingly like subtle ui that like when when you're playing one of the games through with their natural progression that they intend um you're you're not thinking about how long the jet pack lasts because you kind of you teach your peripheral vision. Yeah. There. Um, yeah, I think I only ran out of jetpack fuel like once on each boss fight that needed it. And then I'm like, all right, like I got that timing down in my head. Yeah. Or, you, or you're like, oh, I can push this a little bit farther and it'll actually like maybe save me some health. Right. Like, yeah, um, which is also funny because I restart. And then I remembered one weapon that I had was the rhino. Each game has this thing called a rhino, which is like a weapon. System oh, I never like, got I never got the rhino. If you get the rhino, you basically stomp every single boss to death um, very easily. And then so I like played the final boss once, like um, scrapping and dying a lot. But like knowing, you know, with the understanding that like I hadn't been playing the game the previous nine hours. Yeah. Um, and then I played it once the rhino. I was like, oh, yeah, this is like a uh, this is like a, a boss slaughterer. Like he smashed one. Pl the final boss smashed one platform and then I rhinoed him to death. <laughs> 
Yeah, so you're not a real gamer. I get yeah, it. Yeah, so so I did it once real. <laughs> then I did it once with the, the the super weapon. And I was like, I forgot how this game is just like at a certain point, if you're willing to go dig around and, and do the work, they're just like, yeah, here's a like an absolute like <laughs> nuclear weapon style solution to everything. Well, I always remember it. And because that was kind of the hook of the game, at least when I used to see the commercials incessantly. You, I don't I don't know. You probably saw the commercials like. Oh, yeah. I, I remember the up your arsenal commercials like where it's like all these people like going and like shooting people with a sheet gun and like not knowing what the commercial was for and then at the end like ratchet and clank up your arsenal now with a hundred new weapons and i'm like all right i I never played it but like that was the hook they were they were trying to sell and the commercials were were funny anyways peter yeah let's 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 wrap uh, it up yeah let's wrap it up you had a good time i'm really great game yeah i not a fuck you. Had a ton of fun with it. Uh, definitely one like. Um, also, I, I do appreciate a game that I can play with my kids in the house because my kids like actually watching me play video games a little bit. It's like, well, as long you as can't play Doom. You're not going to have to do a lot of explaining later. Yeah, like, oh, what were those hell's beasts you cut in half? Well, as you can see, I had to do my. <laughs> They were they were flashing blue and orange, and that's how I get health back. Because when you <laughs> rip off someone's head, you get stronger. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was good. Good dare, Peter. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I like when we get to talk video games on the show because it's something you and I are both very passionate about. That we uh, a are not really qual. There's way better video game podcasts out there, and b. Um, we have other things to talk about. Speaking of which, Peter, I got a dare for you. Dare me. So, yeah. So, I decided to dare you with with watching Frisky Dingo, both seasons. The show that Adam Reed made before Archer. Um, When it was kind of in the, the ending of that first, I would almost say first generation or second generation of like Adult Swim shows. It was... Where it was original content. Original like, content, it was, yeah. Not just it was them doing Toonami shit, where it was just, like, them buying strange anime and such. Like, they were starting to make their own sort of comedy world. Yeah, and it uh, was kind of the last time I really focused on those shows. Because uh, Adult Swim, like, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, C-Lab 2021, also made by Adam Reed and Matt Thompson. Um, that hit when I was, like, a sophomore in college. So, I mean, as you can imagine... Just a, just kind of something that we all used to watch and laugh at and stuff like that. Harvey Birdman. All those kind of things. And this came after that because it's after four seasons of C-Lab 2021, which is always my favorite. And uh, I watched it when it came out and I loved it. And then I bought the DVD sets and I showed them to my brother. And this is probably like 2010. And... Uh, he loved it, and I just haven't watched it since then, but I've always kind of held it as someone who really enjoys Archer as well, as like, even though it was really short, and that noting that I haven't seen all of them, um, a very unique show, and one of the best versions of an Adult Swim show, so knowing that you haven't seen it, Peter, um, and knowing that you like Archer, I think, quite a bit. Oh, I love Archer. Um and I've been looking for an excuse to rewatch it, so we're going to frisk that dingo. And because they're only 10-minute episodes, and it's only 25 total episodes, uh, you got to watch the whole thing. Sure. Why not? Let's do it. All right. Well, we'll see you next time where we say things like cacao and boosh, which means nothing to Peter. It means absolutely nothing to me. All right. Good. 
Dare. Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand. And you want to support the show. We truly, absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help. And so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) 